0: Yo, so welcome to Only Yesterday. Uh, My name is Tony, and today we're going to be discussing something that I think is quite interesting personally, something that I keep in my mind like more often than not. Um, Today we're going to be discussing the multidimensional framework. Um, So sources for today are human behavior in the social environment, a multidimensional perspective by Jose B. Ashford and Craig Winston LaCroix, the fifth edition. Um, We've also got Understanding Human Development, a Multidimensional Approach by Luis Harms, the second edition. So what is the multidimensional framework, right? What is the multidimensional approach? Um, So within a multidimensional approach, uh, each person is recognized as having unique biopsychosocial and spiritual dimensions, as well as structural and cultural dimensions, the term biopsychosocial spiritual dimensions is used to reflect the idea that an individual occupies more than any one dimension at any time. Um, experience is continuously and simultaneously influenced by the individual, the biopsychosocial and spiritual as well as the environmental um, the social, cultural, structural, and sometimes ecological factors um, that play a part in that person 's life and so in layman's terms just breaking all the way down um essentially understanding that people are comprised more of than what is just in front of your face right um we have many different dimensions and things that we're trying to balance at all times um our our psyche our mental well-being our physical well-being right like if we're feeling tired or if we're feeling you know more serious health issues um and so we'll discuss some more of those a bit later um you know, as well as your friend groups. If you've got friend groups, if you don't, um, yeah, that also plays a part into it. So first we're going to discuss the, uh, the biophysical since the inception of social work as a profession, um, biological knowledge has been recognized as a fundamental foundation for effective practice. The basics of human biology must be integrated in social work professionals knowledge base. So in a social work professionals knowledge base. The biophysical realm can consist of many different aspects, such as being absolutely healthy to having a broken bone or a torn muscle, um, having high blood pressure or neurological issues and um, other organ-based ailments like liver or kidney or autoimmune issues. And so I just want to make that, um, I just want to keep that in mind as well as we go forward because again, not all issues you can see within somebody. Like, not all issues that are within somebody, you can see on the outside, right? If it was like an amputated limb or something like that, you'd be able to see that. If this person was freaking the absolute fuck out, you know what I mean? Like, doing the most out here on drugs, doing that type of shit, you know, like, essentially terrorizing the neighborhood, like, you would be able to see that. You wouldn't be able to see the specific things that are going on within that person's, mind but you would see the outcome of the condition so just want to keep that in mind next is the psychological realm um the psychological realm is obviously within the mind but more importantly it's where casual thoughts ideas intrusive thoughts mental illness metacognition judgments joy catharsis and so much more take place long before we even respond physically to those Um, stimuli, utilizing an array of theories and techniques such as Eric Erickson's stages of development, Piaget's stages of cognitive development, Freudian psychoanalysis, Jungian archetypes, and the collective unconscious, and many more. Some of them I've mentioned in other episodes, and these are referred to as psychodynamic theory, essentially applying different types of theoretical processes in order to affect your clientele or at the very least, to understand these types of uh, situations. Social workers are tasked with having a lot of these tools in their belt, so to speak, in order to effectively work with the multitude of issues that can arise in any of these areas. The next aspect I wanted to discuss was the social, um, actually, before I even get there, like, and so I just wanted to mention, in the field of social work, right, I, I just want to make abundantly clear, if I haven't before, um, like, there are so many different things that you know social workers can be utilized for, such as like an expert witness in a court case or working in the healthcare field as a clinical social worker or working with kids or working with at-risk youth or working for DCFS. We've also got school social workers, right? We've also got counselors. And so I think it's important to know while being in the field of social work, that you must have a lot of different, you must have a lot of different things in your toolkit, so to speak, because one of the top 10 worst things that I feel a social worker can do, um, especially in the face of a client who's in crisis is to not have the tools or not have an array of tools to address the situation with this client. Um, Because let's say, one particular way doesn't work social worker gets frustrated that it didn't work or social workers like, well shit, I don't know what else to do. And client gets frustrated because social worker doesn't have anything left in their toolkit. So client could either go to seek more help or sometimes the other option would be say, well fuck social workers, fuck counselors. Like you guys are all trash anyway. And so I just want to make abundantly clear that as social workers, We should be able to handle an array of situations, especially if something goes wrong. Next, we're going to discuss, uh, the social aspect. And so in the most boiled down terms, um, the social realm is where individuals interact with one another to become groups and where groups interact with other groups. Most boiled down version I could, uh, I could give, um, there are three primary domains of the social dimension. Um, there's there's I believe four or five, but I mean the main three that I just wanted to discuss here are um, the microsystem, where it is the individual as well as their immediate family. Um, I personally tend to think of the micro just more as the individual rather than other group you know having other people in the group as well. but I mean for the purposes of this episode, we're going to be going with the microsystem as the individual as well as their immediate family. Um, the mezzo slash exosystem consists of peer groups, classmates, and parents, friends. Um, and so I, again, I personally would put, um, immediate family in the mezzo group, um, because now we're interacting with other people and now we're saying, okay, hey, this is a person outside of myself. How do I interact with this person? But again, it's just the way that I operate and that's fine. Um, Either as as long as the clients get cared for, then that's the most important thing. But, um, yeah, so peer groups, classmates, uh, parents, friends would consist of the exosystem, um, meso as well. And the macro system, um, which consists of the broader population slash culture and historical events. And so. I feel like, you know, this is more as shit that's being done on a statewide level or something that's being done on like a nationwide level or globally, even social workers and really just people in general are tasked with working with and interacting with people from a different upbringing other than your own. Um, This gives space for opportunities to learn about other cultures, as well as gives space for xenophobia and reinforcement of one's own deeply held values. Um, And so... I just wanted to I wanted to mention that as well because I think it's important. Um I personally uh would like to learn more about different groups. I want to learn more about, you know, the history of certain groups like I'm personally fascinated as to why people do what they do. So, I think the cultural implications, the spiritual implications are equally as important. Um and but that's just me as a person. I personally want to learn about more. I want to hear about more. I want to know things that I don't already know. And As much as I would like to do that, there's other people who are equally on the opposite side who say, hey, I don't want to learn any more about that. I'm actually trying to better understand my own traditions and my own um, histories. And I think that's fine too. Like I don't think that there's an issue – well, I'll say I think it's fine that people are wanting to explore and learn more about their own you know, cultures and histories and backgrounds. I think that's great. I think that's wonderful. Um, I just think the issue arises when we become – if not even fearful, just intolerant of other people who don't share our backgrounds, and that's. But again, that's just me as a person, and that's fine if you feel the opposite. I mean, I mean, it's what it is. I mean, you, you can you know feel however you like, but um, I think people should be caring for each other more often, or I think they should be you know reaching out more so than just continuously reaching in. You know what I mean? Like there's people out here struggling in many different aspects. So I think that the people who are struggling should be able to feel as though they can be reached out to and the people who are not to reach out. But, and that's, that's just me. And so there's also the ecological realm where individuals and groups are focused on their positions as human organisms that are sharing space with other types of life forms on this earth. And I think that's also important. Um, I think that you know we've got this planet, and that is as virtually that's about it. Because I mean, the ultra ultra rich, ultra powerful people um, have the capabilities to be like, "Hey, motherfucker, build me a rocket, get me the fuck off it, and uh, we're gonna find somewhere else to live." And so, for virtually everyone else who doesn't have that ability, um, this is it. So, uh, I think that it's important that we, at the very least. Uh, minimize our detrimental impact toward the planet at the very most we should help to undo some of the harms that we're doing and now i wanted to uh, discuss some real world applications in which the multidimensional framework can come into practice so there was a single mother of two she is aged 42 also struggling with autoimmune issues so she's in support groups that don't seem to be working for her and her children, aged 23 and 15. The 23-year-old is living living with mom and working on getting their master's degree. And the 15-year-old is engaging in self-destructive behavior um, because of family turmoil with the father and the child blaming themselves. Okay, so there's, there's one situation, right? Um, another situation in which um, I was watching this YouTube video of the... Uh, of an interrogation, actually. The YouTube channel's name is Explore With Us. Um, the title of the video is Michelle Michelle Blair's House of Horrors. A sensitive content warning, trigger warning, all that shit right now. Uh, so in this video, you know you don't see any of the um, you don't see any of the terrible things happening. However, it's an interrogation of this lady who had had four children. She's a single mom again, and she murders two of her children. Again, another trigger warning. So what she had told investigators was that one of the children was sexually abusing, you know, some of the other children. And when confronted with this information, you know, the child said no, didn't happen, you know, so and so. Um, And long story short, the children who she believed had assaulted the other boy. She killed them. Really? She says she had essentially tortured one of them. And felt bad about killing the first child, who she said was an accident. Um, second child, she said she didn't feel bad about killing and essentially starved and then smothered uh, the child. Which fucking sucks. I mean, I just wanted to point out, like, that's that's never good to have happen for anyone, for any reason. Like, that's there's no reason for that to happen, right? Like, it doesn't matter what happened. And it doesn't matter what happened. It doesn't matter... Because children are learning, they're growing. They're trying to they're trying to learn more things. There's no reason to end a child's life. Um some of the things that were noticed in this video, she had also mentioned that she was also taken advantage of when she was younger, um, multiple times by different first she says was a woman, um, and then again, you know, later on in life. And so I wanted to the, the only reason I'm really mentioning these types of things is because she also mentions she doesn't have, you know, a support group, doesn't have anyone to really reach out to. Um, and so another thing is she mentioned that she had thrown up a lot while going through these types of things. And so why I mention this is because initially and justifiably our collective response is how could you do this why would you do this you animal you monster you up down left right and center like anything you can think of people are going to be calling this woman and so the reason why i even mention this is because i as a social worker at some point may at some point get a client who has done something similar to this and i need to understand my boundaries i need to set boundaries um if, I mean, if you're going to be working with people in this field, you should have pretty strong boundaries. And so, you know, there's some people who will just simply say, hey, I cannot work with this person. I will not work with this person. Um, give them off to the next one. But at the end of the day, this person's still going to need, you know, help to whatever degree. And so if I had to help this person, right, like if I I was the last person in the room, you know, everyone, el- everyone else is off for the day, all that type of shit, right? Like what would I say to this person? And so it's difficult because we we need to bear in mind all the things that happen. And again, there is no justification for killing children. There's none. There's absolutely none. And I would like to understand what would make someone want to do something like this. Not to say that any of this is like admissible or justifiable. I just want to understand what makes people do what they do. And so, you know, what is it that I would say to, you know, the the first... Uh, situation, right? The single mother aged 42, the children who were uh, the lady who has autoimmune issues, right? Um, how would, how I would approach that would need to be adjusted based on the whole view of the person and the situation, right? So if this person doesn't have autoimmune issues, I would likely respond to that person from, you know, okay, so what's going on with the family? What's going on with the relationship between you guys? You know, that would be one of the first things I would ask. And then as well, you know, how are you doing? How are you managing? Like what's, what's going on with you on the inside? Um, you know, inside your mind, so and so. But knowing that this person has an autoimmune issue, like the first thing I would ask would be, okay, well, how are you feeling? Like on the, on your inside, like, are you feeling like tired? Are you feeling exhausted? Are you feeling, you know, really, what are you feeling? And so I feel like that's so important as well that we mention or that we bear in mind people may be going through things that you don't really know about. And so how we treat people, right? Like how we utilize treatment, um, whatever it is that we're going to prescribe as treatment for this person, I feel should be based on, you know, the whole view. And so for example, like if someone has, you know, the, The secondary example. Um, we have a mother who's done some unthinkable, unspeakable things to her own children, right? Like how would you treat that if you had to, if you had no choice, how would, what would you say to this person? Um, I, I personally would, you know, try to find out how, you know, what, what, what was the, what was the background that made you do this? And allegedly um, further allegations were this lady made the whole story about the children assaulting the young boy up. And so if that be the case, I would be concerned about, you know, what other psychological issues this person may be experiencing or may be going through because if they feel as though they needed to make up stories in order to obtain sympathy for the murder of their own children then i feel like there's a deeper a deeper issue going on with that person and so it would be and again like you how would you treat quote unquote treat that right like at first you know you send that motherfucker to jail prison you know all that like life without parole times five you know what i mean all that shit throw the book at him but how do you rehabilitate that person how could how would you um and i think that's uh a question that perhaps I need to explore more. Um, Not to say that, you know, I'm wanting these types of situations, but I personally hadn't given it too much thought when discussing or when, you know, writing up this outline. Um, Because it's, it's it's so horrific, right? That you don't really know what else to say other than you should get the worst treatment. You should get the worst situation you've got coming to you. Um, and so I wonder, can that person even be rehabilitated? Um, I don't remember the age of the, of the mother who did what she had done. Um, but in the video, she seems to be, uh, late twenties, early thirties, perhaps mid thirties. Um, but when someone is, you know, that when they're in that age range, right? I personally believe that at some point rehabilitation could be possible if this person you know shows remorse wants to change wants to do better and you know if they were further on in life you know maybe they're 60s 70s um i feel like it might be a bit more difficult but it's still possible um but again i don't i don't particularly know what to say that would fix this person or rather what questions to ask them reflect within themselves to have this person, you know, rehabilitated, so to speak. So why all this shit that I said, right? All these, all these things that I've said, why is this important? Because potential contraindications for treatment and the need for a holistic view of the client before making treatment recommendations would just be a good idea. Um, because again, if we're saying we have someone who says, oh, I have a headache, right? And we're like, okay, well... You you want to take some medicine, right? Take a take a Tylenol, take an aspirin, whatever. Um, and then they come back and say, "Hey, I still have a headache. Like, does it doesn't it hadn't gone away?" And then we say, "Okay, well, maybe we need to see something like extra strength." Mm, boom, there you go. Um, and perhaps no, they still have a headache. Um, and so I think that <clears throat> if that be the case, right? Let's say we have a situation like that, it would be worth exploring whether or not this person has any you know neurological issues. Right. Like if they have a nerve that is just pinched and just will not fucking, you know, will not work or if they have any muscle issues or any, you know, any number of issues that would cause, you know, an ailment within somebody. I think it's important to understand, you know, as well, people's cultural and spiritual backgrounds, um, because there's a lot of traditions rooted deeply in those uh, constructs. And as long as people are able to say, okay, hey, this is why I do what I do because we've been doing it for ages or because I felt this type of way in this particular situation or like any number of things. I think it's worth noting that we're not just single-minded individuals for the most part. Um, For the most part, we're... We're deep. We have many different things about us that make us unique and quirky or incredible or fucking, or whatever the case may be. Um, So, what can we do? So, if you're in the field of social work, um, working with clients from a multitude of perspectives, because again, um, not one size fits all. One approach might not be as effective on one client as it is for the other. So, being able to be diverse in your in your treatment options or dialogue options even, I feel like that will make a a big difference Um, as one theoretical framework might not be as effective or applicable in a situation. So as people caring for one another, um, just being informed and being involved in the successes of others inside or outside of your support group. Um, And when I say success, I don't mean like some massive, huge, grand gesture, in which case, you know, that's fine too. But I mean, just like little developments like, hey, this person learned to tie their shoes or this person, you know, started their own little small business or this person is learning different ways to cope. Like, I I feel like just being involved and informed when it comes to your support group. And I mean, even people from outside of your support group, if you're um, if you're outgoing. Right. Um, I think that's helpful because. It lets us know that, you know, again, we're not here alone. Like we don't live in a vacuum. So being able to share the success with others and feeling as though, you know, we're making a difference like that. I feel like that's important as well. Um, So we can also just be a kind person. Like it shouldn't be too difficult to do, but I mean, it's some, it sometimes it is. Um some people need quote unquote tough love and some people only know how to give tough love. If that uh so just being kind every once in a while is being kind is a nice surprise every once in a while when you're used to people just being fucking assholes all the time. Um so taking care of yourself and others um physically, psychologically and socially um as Again, none of this takes place in a vacuum. And so being there for others in times of need, in times of stress, in times of success, in times of boredom, in times of fucking like joy and happiness, like just being there is, being there will speak volumes, just being there. And then of course, taking into account all the holistic situations, right? If someone's in the hospital because of Whatever they're going through, just being there for them and supporting them, asking them, what is it that you need? How can I help you? Not saying, hey, I have something. You need this. You need it. So take it. Um. Sometimes it doesn't always work. So if you or anyone you know are struggling with any of the issues relating to anything we talked about in this episode, uh, please reach out. Please seek help. Please be there for one another. This world is wild. This world is crazy, but we're trying and I think that should be worth something catch-all on the next episode. Bye. Don't come for me. No, but this is actually fun. It's informative because I've already learned a couple of things that I didn't know or things that I hadn't thought about.